0: This is why this is why we fight when we die we will die with our arms unbound this is why this is why we fight so come to me come to me now Lay your arms around me This is why This is why
1: The Decemberists, this is why we fight from the King is Dead album, and this is Labor Lines on KRFP, Moscow, Idaho, 90.3 FM, krfp.org. I'm John Anderchek, recording this show from my home in Longview, Washington, uh, on the 30th of September to play this coming Tuesday, the 6th, excuse me, 30th of September, yes, to play on the 5th of October. Going to have a new interview I just did another night with Courtney Newberg, a graduate from the Oregon Tradeswomen Pre-Apprenticeship Program, an apprentice now in Northwest Iron Workers Local 29 out of Portland, and a replay of some other graduates from that great uh, institution, that great program, uh, North or Oregon Tradeswomen. So that's gonna be what makes up most of this show, kind of a women in the trades feature or theme. And there'll be some music too. So I'd like to thank Jill and Mark Lawrence for adopting this program, Labor Lines, through the adopt the DJ program, part of of how you can support a specific program on KRFP. If you want to find out how to do that or how to become a general member of this community supported community supporting radio station, please go to krfp.org. I also like to note that my show Labor Lines for about a half year or so now is available on a podcast on Anchor FM, also Labor Lines. There, I'll upload the entire show after it airs. So if you're listening to this and want to listen to it again, or if you can't get the whole program, you can catch the other remembrance of it by going to that site. Again, Anchor FM, Labor Lines. Thank you. Okay, this is John Andercheck with Labor Lines on KRFP 90.3 FM, Moscow, Idaho and krfp excuse me labor lines the podcast on anchor fm and some other platforms joining me this evening graciously after a hard day's work i'm sure is courtney newberg she is a graduate of the oregon tradeswomen pre-apprenticeship program and a member of northwest arm workers 29 if i got that right and again she's gonna i'm gonna turn this show over to her in a moment and uh tell us how she ended up becoming an ironworker so Courtney once again thank you for joining me uh, at this supper hour or a little after and uh, let's hear your story if you will.
2: Thanks so much for having me John. Yeah. um, So yeah you got it all right. Uh, I'm a graduate of the Oregon Transwomen Pre-Apprenticeship and I'm now an apprentice ironworker with Local 29 um, out here in in Portland, Oregon. Um, I Kind of got started in in the trades uh, almost almost on a whim it, it, it's a little bit hard to, to pin down how i did it but i was working in a completely different industry i was um actually running a summer snowboard camp of all things up at uh, at mount hood um out here and uh and i loved it it was it was very much my my dream job very much uh, a big passion of mine um but at at the end of the day, you know, it was it was a lot of stress, and I and I wasn't really making enough money to support myself. Um, so I left that job, and I and I was kind of thinking like, what's my next move? Uh, I went to college, but I but I didn't have a degree. Um, I had been working in this really strange field for for you know, the, for a long time, for, until I was about 28, so, so most of my, you know, 10, 10 years of my adulthood, uh, I was working in this really strange field, which, you know, kind of kind of was a hard sell to um, a lot of other industries, and so it's kind of like, what am I going to do next? Uh, I'm not really sure, and uh, went on like a soul-searching road trip, and uh, did, did the whole thing, and, and somehow settled that I would like to be a, a construction worker. Um, and so I, I, would see all these construction workers around, and I was like, Yeah, that that'd be like really cool, a, a really cool thing to do. Um, I'd I'd love to do that, but I, but I had zero experience. I was terrified of patching holes in the in the drywall of my apartment. Uh, it was all just very new to me. Um, so I had I kind of had a just a little bit of a hint of knowledge about this program, Oregon Tradeswoman, in, in the back of my mind. Um, and I, I I don't know if I found out just through Facebook or what but I knew it existed and I knew that they could help me they could help somebody like me who, who had no trades experience but wanted to wanted to join the trades um, so, I, so I looked them up and I went through the steps and I applied to the program and uh, after some time I, I was accepted and got to, got to join their 8 week pre-apprenticeship program um in that program we kind of learned basic carpentry skills we learned different you know kind of social tools and math tools that would help us uh to to take a step towards a a career in the trades we also toured around different apprenticeship halls uh even a different non-union shop as well um but i think to me it it was really important to the union so um, I kind of tuned in more on the on the different apprenticeship programs. Um, I had known about ironwork uh, before all this happened. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure how I knew that ironwork was a trade, but I but I knew about it and I understood that uh, it was kind of like a cool, glamorous trade. You got to climb up around on on tall iron and. Um, when people look at you, they're, they're impressed. So there was something that was just really appealing where if, if I was going to join a trade, it was going to be, it was going to be ironwork. So, um, uh, Oregon Tradeswomen helped me every step of the way. They helped me fill out my application. They helped me with the interview process. And I went and I, I did the interview and I somehow got into the, the ironworkers and I'm now three years into my apprenticeship, uh and and learning the trade and and uh it looks like it's gonna work out it looks like i'm gonna be able to make a
1: career out of this thing well congratulations courtney and uh, uh i agree i grew up in chicago and uh, you'd go past these uh, in the 70s when the, really the boom started on on some of the newer prop well newer then projects when you're going 80 100 stories and yet ironworks up in the sky. Um, uh, I've spent some time on firefighting and to me like the iron workers are, are kind of the top of the top of the food chain if you will kind of similar to smoke jumpers in many ways uh, or, or the hotshot crews so it's incredible work that you do uh, and to do it safely uh, and again the Oregon Trades women, uh program uh, with this pre-apprenticeship program and bring exposing uh, women to to uh, Uh, some of the basic skills, but also uh, orientating you towards what you're going to have to face uh, when you get into the trades, uh, because it has been, uh, not so much now, but it has been truly a real male-dominated field, uh, tough to kind of break into, uh, and there's been problems in the past that no one could be proud of. I'm in the laborers' union, and I know we had to face our past, but there you are. So right, you went from the snowboard instructor. I could see the crossover there. Uh, it probably, it, it probably. Uh, now I'm not gonna say probably. I'm sure it helped you with the physical and the work. Well, is that safe to say?
2: Yeah, um, definitely. So I have. So so my my background is is definitely athletics. I've ever since I was a kid, I, I loved playing sports. Um, and then I got into snowboarding, and and I just really ran with. On the line, or like wear myself out. You know, I, I, I've never been afraid of, of being exhausted, or or uh, lifting heavy things. Like that, there's always been a, a little bit of an appeal to me um, with doing that type of work. I definitely, uh, when I first got in, I definitely didn't have the the strength I needed, but I'm I'm getting stronger every day, and and I definitely think that my background in sports um had the the crossover and I also think with snowboarding especially uh it's interesting because there's kind of a, an adrenaline piece of, of doing iron work you know you like I said you're you're up high in the air you you know sometimes you got you have to scare yourself to to complete a task um and, and I and I've always loved that adrenaline rush with snowboarding so I think that's uh, another piece where I go to work, and it kind of feels like I'm I'm just you know doing another one of my hobbies, doing another thing I love because I, I
1: love that adrenaline rush. Excellent, yeah, I'm sure that it it, it, it absolutely is an adrenaline rush, um, Courtney. Again, I'm speaking with Courtney Newberg. She is a graduate from the. Oregon Tradeswomen Pre-Apprenticeship Program and a member of the Ironworkers, Northwest Ironworkers Local 29 out of Portland. Uh, so you've been in the apprenticeship program for three years, so you uh, already are at the point where you could go around uh, the Portland area where you worked and point out to some of the projects you worked on, uh, which to me is a real benefit for the trades. It's, it's uh, uh, I've said this to other people that you can look with pride and say "Yeah, I, I helped on that bridge or that building or, uh, or a similar project. Do you, you feel the same Courtney?
2: Oh yeah absolutely. It's, uh, it's funny how, how quickly I, I like assumed that, um, <laughs> that that construction worker role. I, I have a lot of friends who have had dads and, and other people working in the trades and they always kind of joke about how how growing up that's all they ever heard um, and it, it, pretty quickly, you, you assume that role. Um, I, I have, I've worked on a handful of jobs. I've worked on a lot of long-term projects, so um, my, my resume is not, not long at this point, but um, the coolest one to me that I've gotten to do is I, uh, I worked on the Portland Airport for a while, so now it's, it's open, and it's it's in operation, so... Whenever I fly out of that that concourse, I can kind of look around and be like, I built this. I like, I almost want everybody there to know that like this is this is my work. I did this, even though you know obviously uh, it took a lot of people to build. But uh, yeah, it's funny how, how 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 proud you are of all of these projects you do, and it's it's cool to show off pictures to to my family. My family's actually not far from you. My fam- or where you grew up. My family's back in Michigan, so. Uh, you
1: know, whenever I send them pictures and show them the things I'm working on, yeah, there's so much pride in what we do. Absolutely. Excellent. I'm, 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 that's good. Could you explain, Courtney, for those who are listening, I hope we have some people that will listen to this program who aren't uh, uh, exposed to the apprenticeship. Could you describe that as briefly as you want or as, in length as you want, uh, what that means when you say you're going through your apprenticeship, you're three years into the apprenticeship?
2: yeah yeah, of course um, that's yeah that's a really great question um, so so our unions and uh, have these really wonderful apprenticeship programs they're all different based on the trade so um, you know the laborers carpenters iron workers um, we all have one um, but but they definitely I'm sure all look a little bit different for us in the in the iron workers what that means is that we are paid a little bit less than somebody with more experience, but, but not much. Um, and we're expected to go to work every day and to learn. So it's on-the-job training. So we're not expected to show up with every skill. Or when we first show up, we're not expected to know anything, you know. And, uh, and the, the experienced journeymen, ironworkers we work with, are, are expected to teach us um, and, and show us all the, all the things that they've learned over the years. Um, in addition to that, on the job training, we also take a month a year um, off, where we are just in a classroom um, or in the welding shop, doing book learning and some history and um, some other practical skills that that we can use in the field. Um, so they really they really want to take you from or take people who, who may have zero experience and, and turn them into somebody who can who can do this work. Which is incredible, you know, for somebody like me who who literally couldn't do couldn't use a tool when I walked out of the job. Uh, I was I was pretty clueless and they and and they've held my hand through the whole way and just in these three years I've I've learned so much. Um, another awesome benefit of, of the apprenticeship programs is that it's it's a uh, it's a it's a built-in uh, raise program, basically. With every six months of experience you gain, you get another raise, and you, and you bump up a little bit more money um, until you're earning that full uh, journey worker rate. So, you know, you start off with a pretty good a pretty good pay, and then by the end of the apprenticeship program, you're making way more than than you started. So, uh, it's it's pretty cool. To, skills and uh, it all feels just very fair, you know, as, as you learn more, uh, you, the, the, pay, the pay matches what you learn. So, it's a yeah, it's, it's an awesome alternative to, you know, to maybe college or any other programs or it's an, an awesome addition to somebody who may have already attended college um, when you're kind of looking where to go in your career.
1: Absolutely, I agree. What I say, uh, Courtney, is uh, uh, if a person wants to get into trades, or it's, the trades are good also for someone that doesn't know what they want to do. But uh, I don't, I don't denigrate uh, going to college. People will say, "Boy, you could, have, you should have gone into trades, and you get paid to be to learn instead of coming out with a debt." That only works if that's what you want to do. If you want to go to college, good. And again, uh, no one can steal that education from you if you go to college and get some credits or get a degree and then decide to go into the trades and give it a try, no one's gonna steal that education from you either. Um, but, and as you talk about learning from the journeyman um, in the trades, in the ironworkers, uh, they basically test your skills. They they qualify you up in what i I typically in a trades called steps. They qualify you up so as you prove yourself able to do different skill levels different tasks you advance up the up the ladder up the steps until uh typically we call it topping out if that's the same phrase in iron workers
2: yeah yeah some I think it might be more regional I've heard the phrase topping out um we we typically hear just say journey out but same same difference and and yeah what, what you're saying about uh college too I I want to emphasize that I I think that is super important i even though i didn't i didn't complete my college degree i I wouldn't trade uh, that experience and education i had and i think it's i think both things are valuable and they can be valuable to different people so um yeah i i feel exactly the same i think the trades are are really really wonderful to some people and and college can be wonderful and, and and we need both right we we need a world where where we have options for everybody that's for sure
1: yeah, we don't need to divide each other either. That uh, opposite right. camps. That so we yeah. don't need that. Uh, and so you, you're three years into it. Uh, and so I'll ask the, the the tough question. I don't want people to think I'm avoiding it. We do know that uh, women have had a tough time getting into the trades. Uh, how did it go for you? And, and if you don't want to, if don't want to speak about it, uh, that's fine. Or uh, however you want to handle this question. But I don't want to think that we're avoiding it. Yeah. Uh, 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 out of uh hesitancy here excuse me
2: yeah no i'm happy i'm happy to talk about it um oregon i it is an important point oregon because of oregon trades i mean i give oregon trades women all the all the credit here we do have more women than anywhere else in the country in, in the trades and, and that's something that that we're really proud of um but that number is still really low. Um, last, the last figure I had is like 7% of tradespeople, And I'm sure iron workers, that number's even less. I think, uh, it, what is it? We, the, our local here, uh, has 1500 members and, and 40, 40 or so are, are women. So there's not many of us. Um, even in the three years I've been around, I've noticed an increase, you know, there's more and more joining every day, which is, which is wonderful, uh but there's not many, uh, I definitely, I'm at a point now where, where people are starting to kind of learn who I am and, and, and get used to having me around, but it it wasn't, it wasn't like that um, at first. When I first got in, I had a ton of support from the, from the hall, from the union hall, which, which was amazing. Um, I always knew they had my back, um, but when you, show up, when you show up at a job, and you're a woman, the first thing that goes through a lot of people's heads is like an, Oh no. Right. Or like, they don't know what to do with you. Um, which, you know, who knows, who knows why they think that, but, but there's a, there's a kind of a thought of like, this person is different from the rest of us. And, uh, you know, people are worried that they're not going to be able to say the things that they used to say or, or that, uh, they're just gonna have to like hold your hand more than than anyone else. I don't I don't really know because I don't think any of the reasons are valid um, why people get so worried when a woman shows up on their crew. Um, but but for whatever reason they do, and so so it so it was hard at first to really like get people to to want to teach me actual skills. Um, I. I showed up, you know, right away and I worked as hard as I could, um, but even then it was kind of difficult to, to get on actual, like, you know, the, the practical, like, kind of muscle skills. Uh, I was finding myself doing a lot of, like, you know, just the, the kind of clean up and, the, like, go tape off this area, kind of like the lightweight uh, the lightweight work, and, and a lot of that has to do with being new to the trade, but I noticed that I stayed in that role a lot longer um, than than some of my you know my male counterpart apprentices. Um, I noticed that they were more quickly to be picked up and and uh, you know taught different things. Um, and so I I really had to fight. And I believe that that any woman or any person who who might not meet the the typical construction stereotype. Has to has to work harder right out of the gate to kind of prove that that they have a spot on the crew, um, and and so that's that's what I did, and that's what I think a lot of women do is as we show up and we just work, we try to work four times harder than everybody else, so that people have to give us a chance that they don't they don't really have an option but to give us a chance. Um, but it's still, I mean, even even to this day when I have like a lot more respect than I did you know it's still I'll still always kind of be like the weird elephant in the room a lot of the times you know it's still kind of like how do we how do we talk to her like what do we do you know which is which is strange to me I don't you know I don't I I, I try to make everybody feel at ease all the time but uh but it's different but I guess all this is to say that even though I'm, I'm still kind of like the I do have a lot of amazing people that that have had my back through through the union hall and guys on the job that have kind of taken me under their wings and and have given me a chance and um, are willing to see that that I can do the work just the same as the guys and uh, I think I think in general like they're kind of just coming to terms with the fact that more and more women enter the trades that that are here we're not going anywhere um, so the best thing they can do is, teach us how to
1: do this trade well because because we're going to be paying into their their pensions you know uh so that's that's well put courtney again i'm speaking with courtney newberg she is a graduate of the oregon tradeswoman pre-apprenticeship program out of portland and is a member of our northwest ironworkers local 29 also portland i wanted to plug uh the Northwest neighbor, Labor News, excuse me, that's where I found Courtney's story. Northwest Labor Press, excuse me, it's a 120-year-running union newspaper out of Portland. Uh, uh, Don McIntosh is the chief uh, journalist there. Uh, and I'm John andercheck and we're going to be recording this for... Labor Lines, the radio show on KRFP, Moscow, Idaho, and Labor Lines, the podcast on Anchor FM and other platforms. Well, good for you, Courtney. You know, what I've said to other uh, graduates of the pre-apprenticeship program at Oregon Tradeswomen, uh, as a union member, uh, there is the sense of equity. Anyone that's qualified for a job, regardless of the gender or the color of their skin or their background, should be given opportunity out of the out of the commitment to equity, but also to me it uh, is uh, kind of Darwinian for the unions because if we don't get enough people who traditionally don't have a place in the trades, if we don't get enough of them to feel like they or a family member can get a chance, well, we're going to get less and less support. In politics, in society, because well, people will say, hey, great, you you know, yeah, you got a great job uh, as an iron worker. You're making a, a decent living, working hard for it. But if I don't have a chance for it, why should I worry about unions? Uh, and also, as you put it, uh, those uh, men who are uh, training you, the journeymen, yeah, you're going to be kicking into their retirement fund. I love that point. So um, uh, th- that's a pretty simple. Um, Uh, symbiotic relationship there right so uh, again uh, it's I'm honored to speak with you you're giving me a lot of time after supper is anything else you want to say as we close up here
2: no I just uh, thank you so much for for taking the time to speak with me if there are any women that are listening and have been considering getting into the trades but um, you know, might might be nervous or or have concerns. I, I just encourage them to to give it a go because it's been truly an amazing uh, life life change for me. Um, but yeah, just thank you so much for your time, John.
1: Excellent. Stay through, and I'm going to quit recording right now. But stay there. KRFP ninety point three FM, Moscow, Idaho krfp.org. The show is Labor Lines. I'm John Andercheck. Had that interview with Courtney Newberg, an incredible person, but no surprise coming out of that Oregon Tradeswomen pre-apprenticeship program in Portland, Oregon. Coming up next, we'll have another interview with a woman in the trades, so please stay tuned. And Anderchek with Labor Lines, Labor Lines, the radio show on KRFP, Moscow, Idaho, 90.3 on the FM dial, and Labor Lines, the podcast, which you can find at Anchor FM, Spotify, Overcast, and some other platforms. And joining me today, which is the 26th of January from Portland, is Zalema. Zelema is a graduate from the Pre-Apprentice Program with Oregon Trades Women. We've had a couple of her uh, fellow graduates on before, as well as the executive director a while back. It's a great program, and I'm just happy to get the word out on that, get a word out on women getting into the trades, be it with a uh, apprenticeship job or Zulema's is a little different, but I'm going to let you explain that. Uh, just go from there, Zulema. tell us how you will, how you came to the Tradeswoman uh, program uh, and uh, what got you where you're at right now and what you're doing.
3: Okay, hi. Um, my name is Suleka. I am um, really happy to be talking about really. This is something that I'm excited to talk about. So, uh, how I started with art and trade women. Let's see. I Before I came to the base, and it happened to be I, I was teaching trades. Uh, you know, like manufacturing, uh, welding. So, but in the electrical program. So you know, kinda a little bit familiar with the trades so after that i decided to go you know decided to um do the transition to oregon you know to the trades and um i actually got connected with the oregon trade women and um i got into the apprenticeship and it was a really like mini experience for me because that changed my eyes totally in a positive way so um i started with that you know uh, all with the program and i learned many different you know like pre-apprenticeship trades that they offer or treatment so um you know they have amazing amazing counselors they have wonderful teachers and mentors that you know help me to get into uh, the job that i have now so i'm very appreciative of what they have done for me and i always you know be supportive or great women so um, I got to the program, the pre-apprenticeship program, and one of my counselors, Oregon, King Neal, he uh, helped me to get connected with the city of Portland. Um, and it happened to be, um, you know, like the Portland Bureau of Transportation needed a license uh temporary workers. So that's how I got Connected and I got hired as a temporary worker with the Portland Bureau of transportation, as a utility worker too uh, as a temporary worker and I was doing it for ten months so that was a minimum experience because that taught me how you know this, the Bureau of transportation maintained the streets. I was actually in a little section called street cleaning, which you, what you do on a daily basis is basically going clean, you know, like uh, different parts of the city uh, you know, picking up craft, you know, clothing, all kinds of biohaspers. Um, also, you do trim, you know, do a lot of like mowing all the green spaces around that area. So, um, so we're part of that, and um, you know, it, it was just a very meaningful experience. Also, we do, um, we part of that, you know, all this uh, when it's snowing, you know, it's you know, it goes and uh, do it, and so I kind of. I would just uh get a lot about you know how the city pretty much um maintains, you know, uh that city maintains pretty much that So that was many experience. I was there for ten months and then uh, I applied for um within the city of Portland. Um actually city of Portland Bureau of Transportation and then uh there's a division uh the Bureau of Transportation called uh card which there was a utility worker one to sit in an interview and that's how i got uh, as a utility one. pre and being working for police speaker is going to be a few years now so um <clears throat> i've been learning so much about that uh oh uh streetcar an amazing experience because now oh now i know the public station works, which what we do at Pulling Street Garden, we uh, provide uh, transportation to the public in the west east side area of Portland. And uh, pretty much what we do is I maintain, um, you know, like pretty much the help to maintain the uh, it's a little crew that we have, it's a team. So we have a day shift and a, a shift. So um, what we do is we maintain the platforms. We actually, you know, like make sure that that trains are clean at night, ready to go to the next day, and pretty much any any we respond to any bypass that is run that you know are, are in the streetcar. So um, and also we maintain the facilities. Uh, we had you know facilities uh, cars. So those are things that I do. And um, also, you know, with coffee, do a lot of sanitation, which is part of that, yeah, uh, city response to COVID. So that's pretty much, you know, what my background is like. Um, well, let me to, that's pretty much what me, you know, I actually I, I my, from Oregon Trade Women, so... Um, and my level of participation with Oregon 300 Women is always been supportive of any activities that they do, like, you know, it, they have so many, like uh, right now with COVID, you know, they just meetings in regards to, you know, like supporting um, other women, you know, like as a mentorship, um, you know, supporting the incoming women to the program. And that's, you know, that I always like to participate on that because it's, it's, it's a rewarding experience. And, you um, and, and it's just, you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, there is so many women that don't know about Oregon trade women. And that's where I always, you know, um, if any, you know, like if friends or neighbors or anybody who asks me, you know, how I get in the trade, that's the first thing I say. Um, I highly recommend that you check it out the program, you know, talk to the uh, two amazing people that they have uh, Oregon trade women and that's, you know, just go from there. And especially with the young, you know, so young, um, there's a lot of young women out there that don't know if they want to get into the trades because they don't really know programs like Oregon Trade Women, you know, like at a high school. So um, that's one of the reasons that I always, you know, say, hey, you know, just go and check it out. It's a great program. So sometimes they don't know if they want to go to college or they want to go into a trade women. So they, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, so it just happened that I, I just recommend that, you know, just go and check it out, see what you think. So...
1: Right. I agree. And, and they're doing such a good job, Zulema, that in that they're giving women a chance. It might turn out they don't want to uh, go that route, but at least they get an opportunity to, to uh, see if that's what they want to do. And, uh, uh, and it hasn't always been the case, uh, sadly, but uh, OTW is really doing a good job of turning that around. Uh, and here you are, really, uh, really the nuts and bolts of running a decent sized city, that light rail in uh, uh, Portland has always impressed me. They really stepped up uh, compared to their uh, big sister up north, Seattle, which uh, doesn't have anything comparable to it. It's, it's a great system, in my opinion. Uh, we yeah. visited the Portland a few years ago, my wife and I, and took it out to the zoo. And that's pretty incredible, that station under the zoo. I mean, that's like way down below the ground. Talk about a subway. Have you worked out there? Yes. It's
3: a tunnel. that you know, that's a to the right to the artist zoo yeah it is amazing and you know it's, it's one of those things that you know like pulling you know like it does things little by little and it just always amazed me you know that amazing people that they have um you know to come out with all this you know in our bureau you know they have really amazing uh, planners you know all kinds of you know like People who do a lot of response, you know, in like in the heartbeat with the COVID response, I was super impressed how they, you know, we come out with a lot of different, you know, safety, safety, you know, safety regulations for you know for the workers, you know, for you know for the people, for the public, you know, it's just it's just amazing, you know, especially you know with our like Latino and African American population, I think that you know that was a big a big response and um i was just so lucky to be part
1: of that well good yeah, you sound very grateful and and uh uh in articulating that zalema Zulema, Zulema uh, graduates from the oregon trade women's pre-apprenticeship program out of portland uh i've interviewed uh two of your sisters uh graduates they went into union apprenticeships uh and interesting uh and uh it sounds like the unions no matter where you end up going uh the unions are very active in uh the supporting the tradeswomen program uh, is your shop there at the Portland department of transportation or your division, that bureau of, uh, of transportation, mm-hmm. excuse me, is that organized as a union? Are you in a union there?
3: Yes. And I would, I would love to talk about this. because I always to talk about the union. I think that, you know,
1: unions are, are amazing,
3: you know, like it's really good to be organized. And um, I actually proud to be a uh part of that you know local 483 um which is you know for laborers laborers uh for the portland laborers ah. um yeah so and um uh, actually you know i want to tell you something that i actually uh, became a chat sewer oh. <laughs> for my for my for my little you know my little portland striker, and I'm, I'm just very very proud and lucky to you know to be helping my sisters and brothers you know because it's um, you know we need that support especially right now with COVID. it is this thing is he is really hard you know um i think that you know our brothers and sisters you know the, it, you know we had last year we had you know the fires that happened right here in portland you know um there was a lot of people who got affected by that so you know our union was very active on that and helping and it just, it would just amaze me when we all come together, you know, the fires that happen and then COVID, you know, it it just like, you know, trying to find out how we can help our sisters and brothers, you know, in the union, you know, we're always supporting each other. And that is so important because, you know, in, in hard times like this, it, it's just, it just, you need that support, you need that, you know, the strength to you to continue because that's what it is. All about, you know, continue and and do the best you can for the public because we serve the public.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and guess what? Then uh, Zulema, um, I am a uh, member in good standing with Laborers Local three three five up in Vancouver. Oh, awesome! So, yeah, and it's a great union. Uh, you find us everywhere. Uh, our our uh, slogan is that we support the other trades. So every job you go on, there's going to be laborers. Uh, there'll be iron workers. Uh, electricians, carpenters, but there's going to be laborers there. And uh, yep. uh, th- yeah, that's great to have them in the shop there. Uh, right. We all need a union is what I say. We all need a union and uh, certainly through these hard times. And and I am very proud, very uh, uh, proud. I got to say to be talking to someone like you who has stepped up and be a steward because uh, I mean, there's a lot of work to that. And it's not an easy job. You got to be, uh, you know, it's really the, uh, front line of keeping a union strong. If if your rank and file doesn't feel like they have someone to uh, approach or talk to, uh, they can become pretty uh, uh, disgruntled about their union uh, uh, if that happens. Yeah.
3: yeah sometimes, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, about our union is like, you know, we have really good re, leadership in the labor union in our local 483 and um and we got really like very good um support from them you know in terms you know when it's like an issue or anything that you know that somebody is having you know like needs something like you know like an emergency you know we always there and we we get trained you know like in a monthly basis we got meetings and it is it is this amazing thing because you know unions always you know they always want to make sure that you are okay that you know you got that fair wages that you got the fair benefits and, you know, that's what the unions is, you know, we are the backbone, you know, of this, you know, any city, you know, in any job. I think that, you know, unions um, are very, um, very positive, you know, in the community because we just not do, uh, in the work, but also we serve the community, you know, we do a lot of like, Community service. You know, we we help the public. You know, we, we 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 go out there and see. You know, who needs what organization we can donate to. So it's it just it's just amazing. There's so many things that the union does for you know for the workers. You know, the public, and you know for this you know, also for the nation. it's just it's just amazing. So,
1: uh, um, uh, I, you're it, right. Excuse it, me. I agree 100. Right. And and a man much much smarter than me. Uh, wrote a few years back that unions are an indispensable uh, part of society. And this was a man that could speak uh, and write, write in eight languages and speak in 11, uh, the Pope John Paul, II, and he wrote that unions are an indispensable part of society. So he didn't put that word indispensable out of uh, <laughs> thin air, right? I mean, it pretty, pretty much says that we have to have unions. We've seen what's happened to this country when unions decline uh, we all go down, all families suffer, and when unions come up, even if you're not in a union, um, you're positively affected because the businesses that aren't unionized, uh, they might want to keep a union out, so they have to match those to some degree match matched uh, wages and benefits of the unionized shop down the road. Exactly.
3: You know, and exactly and I think that, you know, indispensable. Thank you for putting that I mean, it, they are, you know, and there's indispensable for society. Um, I think that is, is it's you know, I don't think that any job up there we you know, without having a union is it's just, you know, I think that we need to get organized. You know, we need to help them get organized because workers need, you know, need to be treated first, need to be um you need to have a fair wages, need to be ma- be able to have their rights, you know, and they just need to be able to speak out what it needs to be, you know, and come out with positive solutions, you know, because I always, you know, my, my, my philosophy is always like, you know, when you talk about an issue, it's not just like, you know, address that issue, but it always come out with a solution for positive outcomes, you know. Always making sure that you know we compromise, you know, with whoever that we need to compromise with the employer. You know, it's always coming out with positive solutions. It's not just matter of you know, like talking about it, you know. And I always, you know, always say, you know, coming, coming with solutions together because that's what it is, you know. It's not we're not even though you know we're in a separate, you know, separate opinion. We can have separate opinions, but at the same time, you know, we just can compromise at the end. So. That's that's pretty much my thing.
1: Very good, right, because uh, uh, there's uh, – so you're at the front line, if you will, what they call deep organizing. Uh, uh, You're finding out on a daily basis what problems an individual worker or maybe a group of workers are having with the Mm -hmm. workplace, and we have a contract, and and, uh, that's – you know, and uh, the the employees – employers, excuse me, uh, have to be held to that. Um, and, again, a very vital service. Once again, it's about serving the public. <clears throat> and we obviously need much more light rail, but uh, Portland's very exemplary. Like I said, we were very impressed. We were there about three, four years ago, uh, right after Thanksgiving, and all the – uh, street music and all in downtown portland and we took the light rail all around uh, again yeah. i ain't recommend anyone to take the light rail down to the zoo that's pretty incredible you're way down there and you take that elevator up and uh you know that's kind of yeah. major league for a city that's i mean really in world standards portland's not a big city i mean it's a it's a city but compared <laughs> to you know, you know it, it's not like 10 million people there so yeah but
3: you know like in my place They do it, like I say, you know, they just do, you know, and especially in difficult times like this, Bureau of transportation does an amazing job, you know, like trying to make sure that the public gets served, you know, and, you know, like in terms of, you know, like getting things around when they need to go. And that's one of the things that, you know, that they do. They do it the best. And I just, like I say, you know, I'm super proud to be part of that and also part, you know, part of, you know, compromising with, you know, with our union and also making sure that, you know, everything gets, gets, you know it gets okay it gets right you know like i said we never have to really, like agree on things on, on issues but we can compromise our solutions together so
1: very good yeah. very good well again i'm very impressed you stepped right up um i hope someday we can meet in person i'm up in longview right now kind of middle oh. of moving things so we're, we're not that far apart i have a couple uh no, actually, yeah, oh. yeah one daughter's teacher's school in this area union job um, mm-hmm. and, uh, she's, she became, a, uh, her, uh, one of the stewards at her school just the other uh, day, uh, earlier this year, school year. So, um, yeah, so there we are, it's, uh, the Lama joining me from Portland tonight. It's the 26th of January. Uh, you've given me a lot of your time, very inspiring, uh, but let's get this, let's, let's go to this because, uh, because we don't want to say we glossed it over, uh, getting into a field that was male-dominated uh, and still is to a degree. Have you had any problems coming in with your gender? You know, um, that's
3: really um, interesting. Um, you know, when I actually, yeah, I was. The thing is, you know, I, I really like okay as a woman, I when i came to work for the city of portland uh, the city of portland has regular uh, like policies and regulations in terms you know of discrimination so you know i would say that you know in our in my in my like in my job i, don't, I never like really like experienced that kind of you know, like a front discrimination like oh someone is going to come to you no because we have the thing is the city of portland has you know, policy, like I said, policy and regulations on place and those things don't really happen because it's pretty much, you know, like it's a big no no. That's okay. okay. So sure. so it doesn't really happen because everybody who works for like any bureau, any division needs to follow those policies and regulations. And um and and they're in place for a reason. So, in terms, you know, being in my position where I am and, uh, you know, like I'm a police retard, I, I haven't really experienced, um, you know, the type of gender discrimination. You know, it could be like, you know, it's a male, even though, you know, our division, you know, is a male domin- dominate. So, saying that, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I try, you know, I always work with you know, where I need to work with. I think that, you know, that has been my experience. And where I am right now, as a utility worker, um, I always actually been learning a lot from, you know, from uh, my supervisors, from, you know, from my manager. And that's one of the things that, you know, you get trained on, you know, and then you always have to work with, you need to work it doesn't matter you know what gender they are and what you know where they come from by background so that is one of that has been my experience i think that you know that saying that i wouldn't say that doesn't happen in other and you know in the trace outside that you know uh, with other women because i because like i say you know we all um women they always you know we always get that gender discrimination and the trades, I think that you know there's a long way to go for like speaking up because I'm actually a big advocate, you know, speaking up about, about gender issues, and um, that's why one of the reasons that I always support, you know, Oregon trade women because we we need more women in the trades. There needs to be more like uh, female force in, in the trades because it's not. I don't see that, you know. Um, there is there's equality, you know in terms of like uh you know how many women and how many men we have in, in you know in in a workplace you know what i mean sometimes I can be you know just like one person in the room and the rest are, are men but you know they all you know it, it, at the end you know you can i i can see that you know like from a gender view but Um, At the end of the day, you know, you you as a woman, you know, it's it's my duty just to support the programs that, you know, that help women for the trade, to come to the trades, because that's what we need. We need more women in the trade. And um, that's that's what I can tell you, John.
1: No, I agree 100 percent. Not only for my sense of equity. I mean, uh, uh, my daughters uh, chose not to go to the trades. Uh, like I said, one's a teacher, one's a school counselor, one's a, mm-hmm. a pharmacy rep, and one's a lab scientist. Um, so right mm-hmm. there, um, but I, I would want them to have opportunity for them and so for someone, everyone's daughter uh, or mm-hmm. sister, but also just for a unionist, like I consider, I like to consider myself, uh, Zalema, um, mm-hmm. it's just a fact of, it's just a, a, a necessity of survival because... Uh, If we don't give people a chance to be part of the union, uh, they could say, oh, great. Yeah, you get to make 30, $40 an hour after six, seven years of learning your trade. I mean, no one gives you that union rate, that journeyman rate. But if they say, I don't have a chance, why should I support a union? You know, uh, to me, it's just a matter for for unions to begin to come off the floor. And that's where we are with with, uh, the number of workers in unions. For us to start coming off the floor and coming back up, we have to show, we have to uh, prove that everyone has a chance and it doesn't matter then. So you're doing a great job as a steward, as uh, working there, keeping things running in Portland, serving a lot of people, serving the working people, obviously, because uh, that's who depends on that light rail to get to work or the public services. We know, you know, uh, you know they're, dri- they're not driving that Beamer down the, down the expressway, right? They're standing on that platform trying to get to work on time and, right. uh, and, and, they, uh, you know, they don't want to have to show up at work and, and try to blame it on your bureau, and it sounds like they don't have to. It sounds like you're really keeping things going there. I'm looking yes, forward yes. to getting down that way. Uh, Zulema. anything else? You've given a lot of your time. Uh, you know, you worked. I'm sure you want to kind of call it a day. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to add
3: a little bit about the, you know, like I said, you know, I just want to say that I'm very, like I say, you know, I even though I'm very lucky to, to work for the city of Portland Bureau of transportation, and streetcar, um, you know, I'm very lucky to have, you know, like, um, you know, mentors and people that had taught me so much in these, uh, two years and a half. I always, you know, think that, you know, uh, equality and, uh, equality needs to happen, you know, with women in the trades. I think that, it, it, you know, that definitely we need to work more a little bit more and that's, you know, even, you know, like Oregon to women, but it also supporting, you know, like um, you know, other other programs that, you know, helps uh, young women to come to the trades. I think that's very important. And um, yeah, I just want to end that with, with that note. And also I thank you so much for this interview and the opportunity to, to speak about, you know, our unions and speak about, you know, me and the trades. And I'm just very proud to be part of this.
1: I'm very, very proud to uh, uh, connect with you, Zulema. And and like I say, on a personnel note, when things clear up and I'm out here in the Longview area, uh, maybe we can get together and have a beer after work. huh? So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. so there you go. Zulema, okay. thank you so much. This has been John Andercheck for Labor Lines, Labor Lines, the podcast on Anchor FM, Labor Lines, the radio show, weekly radio show on the great radio station krfp moscow idaho 90.3 i'm going to stop recording now if you just want to stay in the line for a second let's sing one of woody's old songs And the company finks And the deputy sheriffs Who made the raid And when the news was called She went to the union hall And when the Legion boys came round She always stood her ground Oh, you can't
0: scare me I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union Oh, you can't scare me I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union till the day I die. Yeah. This union maid was wise to the tricks of company spies. She couldn't be fooled by the company stool. She'd always organize the guys. She'd always get her way when she strong for better pay. She'd show her card to the National Guard, and this is what she'd say, oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union Oh, you can't scare me I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union Till the day I die You women who want to be free Just take a tip from me Join your hand with a union man Into the 21st century As Angela Davis found We're all together bound Let race and class gender joy to stand on common ground. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking with the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. Till the day I die. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union, I'm sticking to the union. Oh, you can't scare me, I'm sticking to the union, I'm sticking to the union till the day I die. I'm sticking with the union till the day I die.
1: Billy Bragg, Mike and Ruthie Miranda, Dar Williams, and the New York City Labor Chorus covering Guthrie's Union Made, and before that, the interview with Zlamella, uh and her experience uh, with the Portland transit system there. This is KRFP, Moscow, Idaho, 90.3 FM, krfp.org, and the show is Labor Lines, and I'm John Anderjack. Thank you.